Hello, and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, coming to you from feminist proud, sex positive Houston, Texas. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening. And of course, the dumbass himself. Encased in carbonite for your pleasure. <laughs> I'm your host, Brian. How is everybody doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Brian? Yeah. A little tired. I've had a long day. You know when traveling is always. Yeah. I got here though. Weather's nice. Why didn't you just dribble, Brian? Dribble? Yeah, instead of traveling. Oh, well. It's it, at least it wasn't a double dribble. Have you? Can you imagine doing that in a plane? It doesn't sound good. Uh, would, that would probably get the air marshal's attention. <laughs> well, so we um, we are of course missing two members this evening. It, you know, one of those things happens. You know, life life happens. No, nothing. You need to stop <laughs> saying, of course. Of course, of course, I do. I'm going to cut it out. You'll never know it was there. We'll know it was there. They'll be able to feel it was there. <laughs> They'll say, he said something here, something to indicate that the dumbass's presence was obvious. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I always do that. And uh, yeah, well, it is a stupid thing to say. I agree. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> well, now we got that away. Anything else going on? So I got a, a message uh, last month. Uh, it took me a little bit to to respond to it, but uh, a listener wrote in and he's told me about a uh, a conference that's happening uh, in uh, around my area um, on uh, August twenty second, twenty fifteen, in Kitchener, Ontario. The non conference. Okay. And is it like a, a skeptic camp type of thing? A non conference? I think that they're similar, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's a. I think this is an atheist uh, one. Okay. Let's see, it says he says um, is from Mr. Peter Kennold, and he says I am part of one of the local atheist groups that is assisting in putting on the conference, uh, SoFree.ca. I would like also to ask if you might be able to plug the conference on one of your podcasts if you would like further information or would like to interview the organizer, and he gives his email address. Um, says so free is a monthly, br- monthly brunch that you would be welcome to attend if you happen to be in the area on the appropriate Sunday. Details are on our website at sofree.ca. Okay. So, uh, and, uh, they've, he's got the address here, the non-conference.com going on on August 22nd, 2015 in Kitchener, Ontario. So if anybody's in the area, uh, you might want to check that out. How close to you is that? Is that pretty close? Fairly close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I could get a ride down there or, you know, take the bus or train or something, I'll, uh, I, I should be able to get there. Do you not have a car? No, I don't drive because I live in the city and it's too much hassle to just pay for gas and that kind of stuff when a lot of places I can walk to or it's a short bus ride away. That's, yeah, okay. That, that's, I, I know, you know, I have other, I know other people who like live in Denver who, you know, they, they just don't have a car anymore. They just had. They just. They don't need it anymore. You can't get there by dog sled, <laughs> or is that more of an Alaska thing? He's not even going to dignify that with the response. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm right. trying to think of a smart-ass comment to uh, say to that, but of course I'm a dumbass, so it's <laughs> not coming to me right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that we should move on. For 
probably our most entertaining segment of the show, the masturbation moment with Terry and Ian. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. <laughs> Neither of them are here, so I will be taking over the role of masturbationeer. Okay, masturbationeer. From your masturbationeer. From your masturbatorium in Canada? <laughs> yes, my Canadian masturbatorium. So here's an article I found, uh, a cracked article on the six geekiest sex toys. So why don't we go through these? Excellent. Yeah. Including a salacious photo of Thundercats making love. Yeah, no, I, I uh, strategically uh, blurred out. I mean, that that's a... <laughs> and of course. So number six. Yes. And of course, what? I was going to say, and of course, it's <laughs> yes. not safe for work. Yes. No, this is not safe for work. Most of the pictures are safe for work, but you don't want to take that chance. Now, number six. <laughs> Is uh, they found a way to uh, using latex and vacuums and stuff make it look like you're encased in latex for sex play, encased in carbonite, as okay. in the famous Star Wars scene that you all know and love. So yeah, so they have some sort of breathing tube and then and then a piece of um, latex over the top of a person that they use a vacuum of some sort to suction down. It should be perfectly safe. Providing he, he as survives long as, the freezing process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, they have a sexy stormtrooper there. Yeah, I did see that. I have never However, seen that kind of... she's not going to be able to hit what she's aiming at. <laughs> <laughs> they should have more female stormtroopers. Absolutely. I mean, this is proof. <laughs> yes. I've got to throw one more out there. With the blast shield down... He can't even see. How is he supposed to screw? Uh, wow. That was dictifying. <laughs> <laughs> and as part of this, apparently they also made a, uh, a you can dress up as the cube from Portal. <laughs> For some reason, I guess some people will enjoy that. Yeah, that, I, I guess that became a thing after that, after the um, the video game. And so they have – I mean this, this – it looks like basically a uh, – It appears to be another vacuum type situation. Yeah. This time it's, so it's a cube. And the, and the cube looks well, like I – mean, it looks like it's made out of just like – You know, vac beds for see. like uh, BDSM play are nothing new. This is just simply repurposing the technology into something geek friendly. Sure. Sure. But they come with options. You can have uh, no extras. You can have a small port for electrical anima play, two small ports, both for electrical anima play, or you can have a fisting port for $35 extra. Nice. Okay. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I think the $35 would be worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, how, how could you not get the 15, fisting port? <laughs> 
Especially considering how much you're paying for the rest of it, you know. Well, I, I can I mean, only imagine. Like, that's like chump change compared to it. The prices aren't here, but I, I can only imagine that that has got to be awful. I mean, that, that's got to be expensive. Yeah. So moving on to number five, we've got basically a total recall inspired sex doll with three boobs. It's the Area 51 love doll. The aliens are coming. You see what they did there? Yeah, yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no words. It's, for okay, yeah, it says three out of this world love holes. <laughs> that is quite something. I, Actually, and there, I think I, I think that most sex dolls probably have three love holes. Well, yeah, I mean these are they're just but not they're, are they out of this world? Right, uh, probably not. Because they're mostly not purple. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like this. You know, I, most... I, I, I got to take issue. It's not really Total Recall inspired. Just because there are three breasts doesn't mean it is Total Recall inspired. I think okay, that's a stretch. Sure. I mean, she doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the woman from Total Recall, really. It's purple and whatever. Yeah. yeah. It is. But, I, so I, but it does have the three breasts, which, of course. I think it's a stretch. When you think of that movie, what what's the 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 part you think of most? Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, or him getting his ass kicked by Sharon Stone. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, the most famous part of the original triple it, the original is the triple-breasted hooker because it captured 150 percent of the attention of what it was of what was possible to capture from adolescent boys. Okay, and I'm going to throw something else out here, something entirely unrelated to Total Recall. Eccentrica Golumbits, the triple-breasted whore of Eroticon 6. Totally different work of fiction. Nobody? Nobody knows where that came from? Nope. I I guess you're more of a geek than we are. I am ashamed to know you both. That is from The Hitchhiker's Guide (laughs) to the Galaxy. I don't remember that whatsoever. I I mean, I just read the read the trilogy uh not that long ago too and i don't even remember that it was a it was a passing mention in the guide but that's where a lot of the fun comes in is from the passing mentions in the guides maybe i should reread it again yes you should because you missed three important parts right there (laughs) what i what i remember most from those is still the the bad vulgon singing yeah what I remember most is the line, the, the ship's hung in the air exactly the way a brick doesn't. Yes, <laughs> and that is classic. Or oh, I love the potted plant falling. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, all right. I'm when you said you read the trilogy, how many books of the trilogy did you read? Yeah, did you read all four? Five. I did, oh, actually. Five? I, 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 well, the uh, there's one by um, what's his name, Ewan um, uh, Ewan Colfer. Yeah, that's the one. Which is the I read that one too. Trilogy. Yeah, I, I read I read all of those and include including that one. Yep, goes Hitchhiker's Guide, Restaurant at the End of the Universe, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, um, Life, the Universe, and Everything, Mostly Harmless, and then I can't remember the name of the of the book by Colfer right offhand. I think I stopped after the first three. I don't think I read the fourth book. And you probably skipped uh, the Dirk Gently, the Dirk Gently books too. 
No, I read those. Okay. The Holistic Detective? The Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective, Detective Agency and the Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. And speaking of Dick Detection Agency, we should get back to our cracked article. <laughs> All right. So, number four, this one I think is my favorite because it just looks so cool and, you know, steampunk. Yes. The Little Death Ray. Which yeah, so basically, I, yeah, you go ahead. It, oh, it's basically a, um, you know, a, a, a standard kind of uh, bullet vibrator on the end of a gun. It's, it's beautiful. So, so they, I mean, it's a ray gun with it, with a, with a, with a regular bullet vibrator on the end of it. Yeah. It is, that is just really cool. It is. But there actually was a Victorian vibrator. It was yeah. steam powered. Yeah. <laughs> this one is, has okay, this one has were, modern batteries. There were steam powered versions, and apparently there were also manually powered versions. But were they made to look like a ray gun? No, they were not. Well, there you go. And this is replaceable, so so you can you can put different ends on it. So it looks like so the one that comes with it, it looks kind of uh, this okay, one. Okay, it is looks kind of metal. I have to admit, it is elegant looking. It is, yeah, and and so they make reference in here to, the, of course, the uh, sonic screwdriver. Is that is that? The, the, yeah, they said. Uh, unfortunately, there hasn't been a sonic screwdriver sex toy, despite that being the perfect name for one. Yeah, I think so too. I, that would be. And you can even make it the right the size, you know, a little handheld device about that, you know, but the know, size yeah. of the screwdriver. Probably hard to do that without getting sued. Yeah, the that's probably that the problem, is, right? The fact that there is no sonic screwdriver vibrator, it's a good thing Ian's not on here right now because he would be in tears. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he needs one that bad, huh? I don't think he necessarily needs to have one. I'm just saying that he would love the fact that it existed. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so now, so number, do, you want, do you do you own a flashlight at all? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't either. Yeah. But an alien flashlight. Mm. So you guys, the, the flashlight is basically, um, I mean, it basically is uh, in the shape of a flashlight and with a you know kind of a vagina shape and you know a hole. And that's basically what it is. But I think something you can fill with warm water and stuff like that. And is and this so, one made of naturally occurring carbon fiber? Uh, no, it's just <laughs> carbon. No, no. It, it's just it's just blue is basically the difference here, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just a gimmick. Yeah, so it's a blue flashlight. Okay. I'm not sure that, that it would feel that much better than my hand really to flashlight. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I haven't tried one. Hmm? We could be missing out here. So I guess that's. A- all we have to say about that. I want to move on to number two here? Yeah, the absolutely. monstrous dildos. <laughs> you know. Oh so, yeah. Oh, look at that. So it, this basically looks like I can't. I don't know. I can't see the whole picture. The Necronomicon it, toy. So it's a, a Necronomicon. Necronomicon. Yeah. <laughs> The link doesn't work, so I wonder if it if it's gone. Yeah, but it says it says it doesn't actually name Cthulhu because a you're not meant to do that. That's the entire point of Lovecraft stories, and b the only thing more terrifying than the relaying horrors from Beyond Sanity are the same horrors plus Earth lawyers. <laughs> uh, I I like that the Necronomicon, but I think it's gone. I don't think you, I, the, their link their link doesn't work so. 
I can't even find out how, what the ridiculous price is on this thing. No, it came up. Really? It, it I, first came up unavailable, then it clicked over. Oh. So. Try again here. Necro. Okay. Yeah, good. It came. Oh, they have all sorts of stuff. Yep. Well, you know, we talked in a previous episode about those uh, uh, e-books uh, about having sex with dinosaurs and Bigfoot and things like that. So right. this isn't too mm-hmm. far of a stretch. No. Although if you actually had sex with a dinosaur, that would be a big stretch. <laughs> they have a full-color zombie art dildo. Because why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah. What's this next thing on here? Alien dildo. Yes. And my question is, is it filled with acid? Uh, I, I don't know, but it looks like it's – Because that would not be very authentic if it's not. It's got a head inside a head, huh? I, I You know, they, they've got the pictures blurred out. Yeah. That's because it's cracked. Well, and I just got uh, The a, alien uh, dildos has been either moved or deleted. Yeah, apparently this isn't the dildo you're looking for. Oh, you're way late on that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad because I wanted to see the actual picture of this thing. For fantasy, for the fantasy Todger, there's bad dragon as long as you understand that here fantasy doesn't mean tall, dark stranger. It means giant humanoid dragons with terrifyingly anthropomorphized penai. Right. It is sexual science fiction using 3D fabrication to print imaginary dragon dicks and selling them over a, a global computer network. You know, the zombie penis, I mean, you just pretend like that broke off because <laughs> <laughs> I guess that when the zombie apocalypse, that's where you get your dildos, right? Uh, I, maybe, but they're not going <laughs> to vibrate, right? I mean, that's that's the unfortunate part. What's the name of it? The rigor mortis? Oh. Oh, uh, it's $175. Whoa, that's a steal. That's a stiff fee. <laughs> that's a stiff fee. <laughs> okay, what's the last one here? The hammer. The, ha- the oh. hammer. Let's get back to that. I'm not sure I fully understand what this is about. Apparently, it's testing your strength on a grip on the dildo, and it lights up. Does it? Does it vibrate? Depending on how strong you squeeze it, I wonder, or is it just a light show? It only says it lights up, so far as I can see. Well, that's not all that interesting, especially if it's going to be inside the woman. True. Or can you? How much of it can you see through it? Like, I guess I don't know. I guess we have to depend on how a little, bright like, light is. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to like just. It's not going to shine through her abdomen. You wouldn't think. I mean, <laughs> that would be awfully bright. <laughs> Well, apparently this was actually actually designed by a lady. Kristen Stubbs of the Toymaker Project wears a Captain Hammer t-shirt while showing it off. She says she's really more of an Iron Man. She said she, this, this Tony Stark of sexuality said, I wanted a glowing penis, so I built one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so it, 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 there's pictures um, on here of, of as she squeezes it, the light kind of goes up and down the penis. And then there's another one that shows um, a multicolored lights going up and down, the, up, uh, kind of more up the penis on the, on the website there. that's Those are pretty funny. So I'm not sure I really see much of a point to it, but it's interesting. Well, here's the thing is that if you, if you have to squeeze it to get the light to come on, you could use it for Kegel exercises. I suppose so. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if if the harder you squeezed it, the more it vibrated. That would be something I think have some point to it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. This is just a, a light up cock. Yeah. So if you crawl in after it, you can find your way, I guess. <laughs> it makes me think of um, everything you ever want to know about sex, but I'm afraid to ask, where with a sperm are on their way, and who's got the map? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, and this is Ian's story, and he's gone, but I, should we do it anyway? Or should yeah, we? why not? I'd say so, we're here. Okay, so Texas mom – okay, so clerk accuses Texas mom of child abuse for letting a five-year-old wear a boy's suit for Easter. Five-year-old girl, we should specify. A five-year-old girl, yes. Yeah. Which, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's see, so so it, it's it's a full boy's suit with tie and everything, and the girl looks very cute, and some clerk and- – it's not it a full suit. It does not have a blazer. Oh, that's true. It's, so it's a sport. Well, she's not a, wearing a blazer. Well, yeah, not in the picture. Maybe she has one. Yeah. Maybe it's just two arm a day right there. So apparently, I'm not buying it. What, what did the, the clerk say to her? The clerk basically just acted rude and uh, said that said that the mother was promoting the wrong behavior and that parents should not let children choose the way they dress if it's cross-gendered. Which, you know, it's a boy suit, which I think a boy suit is perfectly appropriate for a girl. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I I just put an article up on our comic special that has to do with um, where the guy talks about gender stereotypes and how when you when you give certain clothes and toys to girls it limits what how they what they feel like they can um grow up to do that 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 you're kind of molding them to do what we would call more female stereotype jobs well i essentially the the traditional toys for girls are going to be uh, you know to generalize barbie dolls and baby dolls and so they're basically being trained to be obsessed with clothes and take care of children. Right. And that's it. So so right from the start we're we're giving women this false impression of of, of what society well maybe it's a true impression this is the this is what society expects of women. Whether it's right or not. Well no, it's the, it's wrong. I mean, it, when when kids play with Barbie, it's they, 40 you know, years they, out of date. Exactly. They well, they they they. There's something about Barbie that even when you dress them up as a doctor, that and yes, these and yes, these little girls, you know, what do you feel like you can grow up to be when you grow up? Well, a teacher, a a model, or a stewardess. Well, let's let's face it. That even if you dress Barbie up like a doctor, she's still, still got her she's still got her feet angled for stripper heels. Yeah, and, the, and, and interestingly enough, they also used a Mr. Potato Head dressed as a doctor, a female Mr. Potato Head, and then they asked him, and then they said that they could – then the uh, the kids that played with that one came up with more stuff like firefighter and and pilot and stuff like that. So Yeah, but those kids also ended up eating a lot too much starch. There's something about Barbie in particular that, that limits our imagination. 
Well, you know, Barbie's had every damn career in the world, and she still looked like Barbie. True. I mean, this is not so much a thing about uh, whether they're, like, transgendered or whatever, because I'm not sure. that The mother didn't say that uh, this girl was transgendered, only that she liked, you know, boys' clothes. And Well, she said she's a tomboy. But yeah, there's, she's nothing, a tomboy. there's not a damn thing wrong in the world with liking boys liking boys clothes. But I mean this this is more of a an old fashioned thing. Like like in the old fashioned days like uh women were supposed to wear skirts. You can't women shouldn't wear pants, you know. This is right. this is more of a thing like yeah, like that, that was, about uh, gender. That was nineteen nineteen oh three, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what what was the I age of like, this clerk? Do do we know the age of the clerk? I mean is we it don't. is it we don't really know much about the clerk except that she posted on the Martha Martha's Miniatures Facebook page. I'm not even sure what that is. Oh, I guess that was the store's Facebook page, which they've since pulled off the uh, pulled off the net. Hmm. Well, you know, it's just one rude clerk. If I was the mother, I would have complained to the manager, really. Uh, I think that would be what would be most appropriate in that kind of situation because uh, it doesn't matter if you're a clerk if you're working at a store, you don't was get she... to judge what you're. You don't get to judge what the customer buys. I mean, I think I've used this analogy before. If I'm working at a bookstore, somebody could bring up a Sylvia Brown book uh, to the front desk. I'm not going to comment on it, even though I disagree with their purchase. I'm not going to say to them, "You're buying that." Really, you, you shouldn't buy that. That that's not for the clerk to say. Well, okay. you don't know their their purpose in purchasing that book either. Let's let's throw this out there. Um, I've made mention before. You know, I think uh, there were a few shows back where mention was made of trashy romance novels, and I mentioned that I had read a few romance novels. Yeah. If I walked up to the store, clerk, if you're a, if you're running this bookstore, and I walk up to the if I walk up to the register. Carrying a Jane Ann Krantz book, what's your reaction going to be? Pedophile rapist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can do a convincing pedophile rapist, Brian. <laughs> I was talking about you. <laughs> oh. You're the one bringing the yeah, books up, and you asked me what wait, I wait, thought. Wait. <laughs> is a pedophile oh, rapist somebody is a, a rapist who's a – well, every pedophile is technically – if an active pedophile – is technically a rapist. If you're saying pedophile rapist, are you talking about somebody who rapes pedophiles? <laughs> yes. I do not believe you yes. prepared for that question. That was, that was not, <laughs> yes. Mac looks like somebody to me that who, who rapes pedophiles. <laughs> so you're saying I should be in prison? That no, no. That, no, that's where that happens. <laughs> that is where pedophiles get raped is in prison that is that is true this may have gone further than I expected it to I think so <laughs> I think it did <laughs> so no we don't really know much about the clerk we also don't know if this is the if this is the store culture of Martha's miniatures uh, I think we can Guess though that they feel that the publicity has impacted them negatively rather than positively because they did pull down their Facebook page. 
Yeah, and perhaps that clerk got reprimanded or something for. <laughs> I, I think that clerk may have gotten fired. That would be my yeah. guess: is the clerk would probably end up getting fired. You bring that much negative publicity down on the place where you work, and you, you know, defend yourself on the Facebook page, which they have to pull down. That is probably uh, probably a good reason for termination. I mean, even I in Texas, so. you know, the the bastion of uh, of of feminist inequality that it is, that's not going to fly. Oh, it's just like I said, you know, be a professional. You're a store clerk. It's not your job to judge customers' purchases. No. Except if you're Brian in a bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I have opinions. Apparently, you do. <laughs> You know, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say for the record, I don't care whether the writer is male or female or otherwise, as long as they write a good story, I will read the good story. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, my, you know, my sister and I were having, I think actually Jen too, my wife and I, we were having a discussion about how sometimes actually men write more, um, positive women characters than um, than women do sometimes. That can be true, I think. Mm. You know, I, I wonder if that is because, you know, I've, I've actually done some writing and I found myself after a period of time hating my characters. And you've got to wonder if, if the man writes more positive woman character because the man kind of falls for that female character. Whereas the woman maybe writes a less positive character because she's dislikes the character or is possibly, possibly even jealous of the character. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I you know I think we very rarely question the motivations of the writer, and, and you know, well, I don't necessarily when I'm listening to a novel or reading a novel, I don't necessarily question the writer's feelings about that character. Hmm. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's it, that's like getting kind of meta, reading yeah. the book, you know, kind of stepping outside of it. But we should probably uh, move on to the. Yes, any, we should, we should, yeah. Let me let me just throw this out there. Any book that you read has got is going to have a lot of the author in it. Um, I read a book. I don't remember the title of the book, but I was I was so pissed off at this because you had this character in the book, and she has had this this. African gray parrot that she has had for years. And at some point in the book, the African gray parrot is let out of his cage and killed by a hawk. Okay. And the woman, the, the character in the story is destroyed by this. Uh, she is, she's absolutely destroyed by this. And what the author does is give the woman a dog. Um. And I'm sitting here going, that is not a replacement. That is not even a – that's not a consolation prize, but you, you really – I really got the impression reading it that the author said, well, you know, I, I did this terrible thing to this character, but she got a dog, so she'll be all right. Well, what I want to know is how many pounds that dog can lose in 10 days. That's a very good question. Uh, depends on what method you use to take the pounds off the dog, I suppose. Yes, and – so uh, we should talk about this this fabulous new method of weight loss, dumbass. Is it the uh, is it the clumsy segue method? It, it was the clumsy segue method. Oh, we lost. Let me just bring up my notes on that. 
So this so death ta- uh, breathtaking diet aid takes Canada by storm. Yep. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm sitting Take here and I'm reading this. I'm reading this white copy and. It's being fa- it's being featured by the f- most famous doctor in America and beloved talk show host, but they don't name him. It's Doctor Oz. It's got to be. I, you I, don't you don't need to name Doctor Oz. Could be Doctor Phil. He's, <laughs> he, he's like the you know you, you can't say his name or he might show up. He's the the one whose name must not be spoken. Ah, don't say it three times. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Right. Yeah. So according I think to that's this Dr. article, Voldemort actually, but. <laughs> is there a difference? Not much. According Dr. to this, Oz has more nose, <laughs> better hair. All right. Okay, let's get to this. Yes. According to this article, which they admit at the very bottom is not actually an article but an advertisement, this natural supplement is so effective for losing weight that the main question critics have proposed is that it's far too effective, and people may abuse it and become anorexic. <laughs> wow I, I haven't heard anything about this <laughs> I kind of doubt that anyway that that's the big thing there's no doubt uh, among the critics that this stuff works uh, apparently the only question is that uh, it it might be way too effective people will lose their weight way too fast so the chemical in question is called hydroxycitric acid which is extracted from the Garcina Cambogia fruit um, so, so let's look at the evidence. Uh, they say they tell us that uh, both sides agree that it works. See study number one. So I did what most people probably wouldn't do and took a look at their number one study in their list. And I've got a. I, I can. I'll put the links in the show notes for okay, you. So, um, or you can go to the site there. But uh, yeah, I'll send them to you. Okay. Um, so if you actually take a look at this first study. There's something kind of strange. Um, see, the, in this study, there is not a single mention of hydroxycitric acid or Garcina Cambogia. Apparently, this is a study of conjugated lineolic acid, which I've looked up and is a completely different chemical that doesn't have anything to do with hydroxycitric acid. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. Shocker. So I looked at their study number two, which is also a study of conjugated linoleic acid, uh, even though the references say that these studies are studies of hydroxycitric acid. So they're completely irrelevant, and I'm wondering if the people who put them up even paid attention to what they were doing. Uh, probably, um, the, probably the items that the studies were on are not as legally or readily available as the hydroxycitric acid. Well, the point is that it's a completely different chemical, so it has nothing to do with hydroxycitric acid, so it's completely irrelevant. So, but of course, people looking at it, even if people are browsing through it and they decide to click on one of these links, they might miss that because it's some sort of weird technical name. They might just say, "Oh, this is a study on weight loss for this thing," and then and not remember what the name of the actual chemical was. It's honestly misleading. Honestly, they're probably going to look at the they're probably going to look at the thing and think it's a news article. They're not going to see the fact that it says advertisement at the top, or this is not an ad. This is not a news article at the bottom. Right. They're going to look at it. They're going to read it, and they're going to think it's a news article. This is what you refer to as white copy. Oh, white copy is a advertisement disguised as a piece of news. 
Yeah, that's what this is. They it, also went only, to what they call oh, – go ahead. I was going to say, I mean the way that they conduct themselves too is really interesting. I mean because certainly saying they, – they don't name Dr. Oz, but certainly you're supposed to get that impression, right? They, 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 and, and realistically – you know, if somebody called them on on this, you know, um, th- this uh, famous doctor in the U.S., they could say, "Oh, I didn't mean that doctor, right?" Because I mean, it's so. It's I mean, you whatever doctor you think of, you you put there, right? I mean, it's it's a complete psychological trick. Yeah, very much so. Anyway, actually, the most famous doctor in America, I believe, is Doctor Meredith Gray. No, nothing. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's an X-Men reference. No, actually, oh, it's oh, Grey's okay. Anatomy. No. Oh, it's Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't get it. No, you, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. clearly did not. I don't either. Not anymore. Mm. <laughs> I watched through, like, season one and season two, and season three became physically painful. <laughs> okay. If I'd said Dr. Temperance Brennan, though, you would have understood that one. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that that's um, Bones. No, yeah. No, um, am I right? Yeah. Just, just keep working it out. You're right. She's the anthropologist. Yeah. Uh, from Bones. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. You had it. <laughs> okay, good. I just thought I'd let you get around to it on your own. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for letting me stumble through that on my own. I feel so much so, better about it, too. Yeah. So there's a link to a third study in their list of references but yes. it actually just links to the first study, so that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's just a... actually the links for study number one and study study number two. All they do is take you to the bottom of the page. They're all the same study. Wait a second. No, no. the first and second study are different. Oh, okay. They yeah they yeah and yeah and then this list of references down on the bottom. I mean, this is impressive looking. I mean, it, oh yeah, it, there it, there are a lot of references there. A lot of them go to the Dr. Oz site, website. Oh, they do. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, there we go. But um there is actually one link to a study of hydroxycitric acid and even better, it's a placebo controlled randomized double blind clinical trial. Okay. So What's that's kind of interesting nice. is that they, the links to the Dr. Oz site take you to stuff about mold poisoning, not to the specific article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And the requested page article, Garcinia, Garcinia Cambogia, HCA could not be found. <laughs> oh, I didn't even oh, check I'm out not- the Dr. Oz links. Yeah, no, they don't even work. That's surprising. Uh, they they didn't even bother to try to check anything. No, this on is... the link on how should I take Garcinia Cambogia for weight loss goes to a a generalized thing about taking supplements. Yeah, it's really quite uninformative. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to take a wild guess and say, how should I take Garcinia Cambogia? For weight loss, I'm going to say orally. That's my guess. <laughs> I want a suppository. I I, I know, but it, it turns out that the medicine's actually pronounced analgesic, Brian. <laughs> I see. <laughs> oh, I anyway, let's get to that. this. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's get to this placebo-controlled, randomized, double-blind clinical trial. What did they Excellent. find? 
Apparently, through a computed tomography, the computed Wait. tomography scan, it was determined that there was some effect on people's body fa body fat content, but they found quote no significant differences in BMI or body weight end quote by the end of the twelve week trial. So that's pretty much it. There, there was some talk that they thought they saw a slight reduction in BMI for men, but apparently that wasn't statistically significant. So. Whatever, perhaps more studies need to be done, but in any case, this hardly seems like evidence for a diet aid that doctors are concerned may be too powerful and cause people to drop the pounds way too fast. Maybe they're maybe they're actually thinking the placebo may be too powerful. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, they, they go as far as to say a tomography scan, which which sounds really impressive, but it it's not much more than a um Oh, what I'm trying to, what is that? Um, it's a high frequency sound scan. It's a, it's a, um, an ultrasound, right? I, I, I don't know exactly. I know that we use tomography, um, for picking refractions in seismic data for finding, for find, you know, for, for, you know, so you use it to, to smooth out the surfaces. So to, I, I think, I think when I'm not positive, but I, I think it's just a fancy ultrasound. Probably, and I think so. I think they're just using the word tomography in this in this to make it sound more impressive. Probably, but I mean they they found a small effect on body fat. I mean I've looked up the Wikipedia page on this stuff, and it says you know, there's really no clear evidence that it does affect body fat. Although there are some like. Some trials that uh, hint towards that effect. I think that's what we've got here. Some sort of effect is showing, but it might not be. Um, and that it might effect, be just a yeah. That effect might, uh, be, might the be the same. Might something be the because of, of the, the effect of people trying to lose weight and dieting. Yeah. Well, there was no significant differences in BMI or body weight, so if they weren't very successful um, in their diets in this case, and this stuff didn't help them lose weight in this trial. Okay. I mean, if it had so, an effect on body fat content, it didn't have that much of an effect of uh, as much, enough of an effect on body fat content to affect BMI. Oh, a tomography scan is a CT scan, so it's an X-ray. Okay. Okay. So that's what it. Okay. Computed but, tomography scan of the body. Uh, it's an X-ray scan. Who read the article? How many of them know what tomography is, or are going to bother to look it up? Just me and dumbass, and <laughs> maybe you. <laughs> Yeah. I don't need to look it up. I have you for that. Oh, right. Exactly. So so just being dumbass, the, the, it ends yeah, there. Basically. Although if I were to look at this article myself without the two of you here, I would probably look up and find out what the hell that, uh, what the hell that was <laughs> out of simple curiosity. Sure. Yeah. But either way, they detect through this scan, whatever it is, they detected some sort of effect on body fat content. Not enough to change the BMI very much. And definitely not a miracle weight loss cure that will drop the pound so fast that it might be medically dangerous. What I, I what I think is awesome about this is is it, it pretty much shows that you can put up a, a website that looks really fancy, right? Say put a, say that you make vague you know vague arguments about something that does something, right? And then put links on it. And, and those links can go to pretty much anything. They could go to studies that completely, that completely say the opposite of what you're saying. They could, they could be studies that go to something completely different 
and I'll bet you that I bet somebody's making a ton of money off the, off of this site because it does look pretty good in, until you start following their actual links. It breaks down right. pretty quickly. Now at the bottom of the page, it's saying that it's the effect efficacy of Garcinia Cambogia and green coffee bean extract have not been scientifically substantiated. So now they're bringing yeah. up green coffee bean extract. Well, because that's another thing that Dr. Oz has been huge on is that green coffee beans. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a money whore. So, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's pretty much, I mean, if he can make a buck off of it, man, he puts it, he, he's willing to put his name on it. It doesn't seem like he, 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 uh, he really considers the, what it, what he's putting his name on. I mean, we saw him go in front of uh, in front of Congress, you know. Yeah, and, and it didn't face him at all. It's kind of fuzzy thinking, just you know, ignoring the nitty gritty details, just like accepting the hype of what's going on without any kind of critical thought into it whatsoever. Well, we as Americans do that kind of fuzzy thinking. How about you in Canada? Never. Never. Us Canadians are fully logical. Where we're like um, Vulcans. Yeah, except for you I do want to. I do want to point out. Goblin, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to point out though um, the title of this article: "Breaking Through Diet Aid Takes Canada by Storm." And it's a Canadian site, I might add. Right, but but we're gonna go with what you're saying as as being true and. <laughs> and <laughs> Over, 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 over this article, uh, you know, I, we're going to completely deny the evidence in front of us. That's all I ask. Okay. <laughs> now, this is also kind of interesting. We are not connected in any way with CNN, Web TV, News Channel Seven, ABC, NBC, CBS, US News, or CNBC. Um, they should have added there. a few more acronyms in there just to be, just for the fun of it. Those not are all the American FBI, stations. The FDA. The those are all American news stations. So they don't throw the CBC in there at all. That is kind of weird. Hmm. So is this some sort of a weird reverse thing where it it appears that they maybe this is something set up to appear that the Canadians have some sort of secret that the Americans don't have, even though the most famous doctor in America advertises it. Oh, that maybe. is – yeah, it could be. Although it's true that American – Broadcasting pretty much saturates our television down here. Yeah. You guys probably can't get enough Dr. Oz, can you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that guy is a dreamboat. <laughs> he's something. <laughs> I think that, to quote Taylor Swift, he's a nightmare dressed as a daydream. <laughs> a nightmare dressed. <laughs> I like that. I like that, too. That's good. Taylor Swift, is that in one of our uh, it's a song called uh, it's a song called Blank Space and it's actually fairly dark. The lyrics on it are actually pretty subversive. Um she's talking about how she's going to be she's going to find out what girl the guy wants and be that girl for a month. Wow, okay. Before they before plan. they come apart into a uh come apart into a fantastic a fantastic huge fight. Watch the video. It's pretty interesting. Okay. All right. TV influences sexual behavior of boys and girls differently. Speaking of music videos. Speaking of music videos. Yeah. From the Raw story. Um, let's see. 
so they, they did a study, and the study was with 515 Belgian teenagers between the age of 12 and 15 uh, years old. At three different times of the year, they were asked questions about how music TV, how much music TV they watch, how sexually active they were, and how sexual activity they thought uh, their uh, how much sexual they thought their peer, how sexually active they thought their peers were. The interesting thing about the article is that it seems to suggest that for males, it 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 increase their sexual behavior and made them think that their peers were much more sexually active than they were and apparently girls were more turned off by this well okay, what so i would like to point out about this is you know well duh girl uh music videos sexual music videos that have half naked women you know meant to turn on boys of course boys would be more interested in it than girls <laughs> I mean, are are they are they a lot of these videos are they at, at that teenage boy? I thought, I mean, because teenage girls they're buying a lot of music too, right? So, yeah, I'm not sure how how sexual do uh, music videos for girls get? I don't these know. Days? I, I don't watch a lot of music videos. But the other thing is, is that you know, the, the, I always have the question of which behavior influenced which. You know. Yeah. Chicken egg. I, 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 yeah. What I'm wondering about is is this is this article supposed to evoke that this is the same behavior in America because Belgium has a very very drastically different culture. Yeah, I was um, I started to look through the okay. actual study, but uh, it, it was very long. It didn't even get to the um numbers until like 13 14 pages in and I wasn't able to get to that really before coming on today, but they they do talk about uh difference in cultures in Belgium and other areas, so they kind of do address that in the study. The other thing no, I'd this... like to point out is that we're talking about teenage boys and the wind blowing the wrong way can influence <laughs> sexual behavior in teenage boys. Right. That's the other thing. And the, this study was done by a Catholic university. Okay. So it's not that maybe they couldn't do this without bias, but it – for me, it's tainted with bias just by by you know I mean looking at who did this this research. It is sure. well, it is likely that there is an agenda. The the interpretation of the findings I think is most striking because it's, the the woman makes it uh, such a complex statement about gender gender and stuff. Whereas, like I said, it's simple. If uh, if sexualized music videos are meant to appeal to boys, of course. Boys will have it'll have more an effect on boys than girls who they're not trying to sexually appeal to. But the woman says, <clears throat> as the portrayal of women as objects of lust reflects patriarchal values, media images that supports this type of male dominance may provoke resistance in female viewers. This is especially valid among those who view such activity as a threat because of the high sexual activity rates of male peers. There we go. See, and right there, there is the bias right there. And I don't know if that's coming out of the study or the person reading this. Yeah, this is from – I think it's from a co-author of the study, Aline Friesen. And yeah, this is, this is her interpretation of the results, which it seems to me that she is just reading a whole lot more into the results than are there. It seems to me like that the the reason for this is far simpler than what she's suggesting. 
the reason that boys are affected more is because it was it's marketed towards boys to turn on boys. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to take a wild guess and say that she has never been a teenage boy. <laughs> a wild guess. I have been a teenage boy. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take much to turn on a teenage boy. This is true. Yeah. But Brian, I'm looking over the rest of the site that this story is on, though. The and this story. site is actually kind of trashy. I've got another headline here on the site, on the uh, on the same page, saying, Las Vegas man shoots himself dead after a hotel revokes free lifetime buffet deal for harassing women. And I'm thinking, well, okay, so he must have been right on the edge anyway if he lost a free <laughs> lifetime buffet. There is and a reason – there is a reason that the guys from Cognitive Dissidents spend so much time on, on this site. Trashy stories? It's not just trashy stories, but it's a lot of like stupid religious stories too. I mean, uh, I mean, of it, it has a liberal bias for sure. <laughs> so yeah, so the site tends to kind of lean lean that way anyway. I mean, I I don't think this. I, they're just. I don't know what the intention of this particular article is because it's like, so do I stop my teenage boy from watching them and, and allow my teenage girl to watch more of them? What am I supposed to do here? Well, and I'm sitting here thinking, what music videos are we talking about? What music videos specifically are we talking I have no about? Idea. Are we talking I mean, like yeah. rap music videos? Are we talking, you know? I, I assume what they showed them were videos of music videos with half-naked female dancers is what I'm assuming. Oh, really? Because I thought it was Disney princess songs. <laughs> Those things will well, wreck a girl. I'll tell you, the, the Frozen video gets me going. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Oh, God, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I tell you, what, I wouldn't let my teenage boy watch those Disney princess cartoons. <laughs> well, it's that's the thing. I mean, it's like we know that teenage boys and teenage girls are turned on by different material in general, you know? Sure. So it's like it, it's not a stretch to say that teenage boys would be more turned on by sexualized music videos than teenage girls. The question is, is it is it influencing them to have more sex? Does anything need to influence them to have more sex? Well, that's the thing. Teenage boys, teenagers. In, teenage boys don't need encouragement to have sex. I don't That is actually measuring the amount of time they have sex either. It's, a, it's just the place. Yeah, it's measuring their reported sexual activity, which it's not right. a stretch to say that that if would – You're a teenage so boy. Yeah, that that could correlate with other attitudes about sex they have, including whether they watch sexualized music videos. So, sure. yeah, there, there's really yeah. not too much of a mystery that needs to be explained by this study, I don't think. But the part that is interesting is the is this idea that they they thought that their peers were more sexually active than maybe they were. That that is kind of interesting. I mean, if you have this idea that all of your friends are having sex. Again, I don't think you need music videos for that. I think all you need to do is listen to your peers, and they will report that they're having more sex than you. Well, okay, right? Well, that, that's kind of the – what do they call it? Um, Boasting? There's a, there's a bias or the um, – problem. Uh, there, there's a specific word for it, a, a benchmarking where you, you it's, it's set in your mind based on your last 
observance of uh, whatever. So like that, it's like a bias that we have in our brains that we tend to overestimate or underestimate things based on the most recent thing that comes across our mind. Okay. So it's so it could be anything. It could be any. It, it, we we might do that with any question, and not just sex. Like so, we're, it could be anything that we're that we're talking about a lot. We may have this overinflated idea that anything is going on more than we think it is. Exactly. Okay. You might think sure. that you might think that your friends have all the good stuff and you have rubbish, and that's just that's again that's just part of being that age. Yeah. So I I, I think the yeah. idea that uh, everybody else is having more sex than you are is a basic part of a teenager's life. And I don't think that it's that alarming a thing if that is increasing or decreasing. So is there any value in this study when we're done? Nuisance value? Nuisance value. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was entertaining for us. <laughs> yeah. I, from what I've seen, I personally don't think that uh, it's giving us anything of value. I haven't looked at the numbers to break it down or anything, but – I mean, the discussion I think is worth having, and they do spend a lot of time, you know, raising the questions and putting forward their ideas. So, as part of the uh, marketplace of ideas, uh, I think this is of value to have put out there. You know, I, 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 as, always, I, I try and as, keep this realistic view of since I have a teenage girl that at some point she's going to have sex, right? She I, ain't I mean, so. <laughs> exactly. So, and and I've been very, you know, I've tried to be very open, you know, and I and try to make sure that you know if she needs birth control, those kinds of things are available, as opposed to saying don't do it, it's bad, uh, you know. And I mean, and we look at the studies, we know that the more the the more that we repress information, the more much more likely we are to have. Um, teens doing stuff dangerously, right? It doesn't stop them; it just stops them from doing it safely. And I think yeah. that that sometimes these kinds of studies go back to encouraging that you know lack of information flow. Um, in fact, I was at lunch with some coworkers today, and they were talking about how you know that their parents were highly repressive, and then so as soon as they you know got the opportunity, man, they went wild. Oh and, yeah, that's uh, how that works. Yeah, and so and so it just seems like I mean that this this idea that we should that we should keep all this away from these teenagers and, the, and their raging hormones. We need to suppress this information as much as possible to try and what keep them innocent longer or something. I think the only you know, thing if you, if you suppress it, you bottle it up, and it just makes it make them that much easier, uh, e- more eager for them to get out. Whereas if you're open about it, I think. There's less of a pressure for stuff like that to go on. They they don't feel as much of a pressure to have sex. They don't feel as repressed like they need to get that out. I hope that's true. I really hope that's true. You know, and that and that they'll do it when they're ready, as as opposed to this idea that well, if they say I can't. I got to go do it. Well, you know, speaking from personal experience, that's the way it, it worked for me. I was never a big sex fiend in high school or college or anything. Okay, dumbass. You were talking about the marketplace of ideas and the value of the story in it. Yes. I think that in the marketplace of, uh, of ideas, oh. this one ought to be on clearance. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I, I hope that um, by hoping, uh, having a more honest, open attitude about this and, and you know, sharing the information and, 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 you know, I mean, my kids know that, you know, my wife and I have sex. They're aware of, of that. 
Well, there's um, evidence of it happening at least three times. Exactly. <laughs> and and I, I think that by, and by doing course, that. And thumping at night where they're covering their ears <laughs> in their bed. Well, my, my hope is that there's nothing worse than imagining your parents having sex. And if you know they're doing it, you probably don't want to. <laughs> now, see, that's so a basically good, that's make a good them point. as aware of it as possible. Exactly. Right. All I've, all I've got to say is that the all I've got to say is that the woman who did this, this study, somebody should take her and slap her. <laughs> and now that is a clever segue. You know what? Here's the problem: is she probably found her mom and dad sex tape, and now she, you know. Brian, <laughs> yeah, segue. I'm sorry. Segway. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I don't own one. The segue to this video. So. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> so this video, uh, I'm just wondering what your guys' reaction to it. Um, for me, I found the message and the video a little bit creepy, and I'll go into describe it. I'm, I'm just wondering what you guys thought about it. It was it was it was preachy and it was a little creepy. Um, but I also I think that the one of the kids gave me the impression that they were not. This was not a situation where they were casually asking three kids on the street about this stuff. This is a situation where they basically were queuing actors. It's it, you know my impression was that we are um, that we are uh, at an early age giving our kids uh, sexual biases. Yeah. And, I thought the video was very sexist myself. I thought so too. I was I was appalled actually by this video. I mean, I think that the the message could have been better um and more inclusive. Yeah. Well, let let me go over this. I found this yeah. uh, somebody posted this video to Facebook and there were a lot of people who were just gushing over it. Oh, this is such a great message if only all men grew up grew up to to be like this and you know their mothers are so proud of their attitudes well uh, these aren't men who are grown up to be like this these are young boys yeah if, it's like if only if if only boys kept kept that attitude throughout their lives is what they're saying oh my god yeah um so basically uh, this is a video it's um uh, italian or something i'm not sure what language they're using but it's subtitled and uh, the, these boys on the street, they might be actors, who knows, but uh, the, the premise is that these are boys who they, who, who they come across on the street, and they ask them their names, they ask them their hobbies, and then they bring this girl over. And they, they, say, they say, okay, this is – I forget the name of the girl. This is whatever her name is. Let's say Bridget. This is Bridget, and they say, oh, why, why don't you caress her? So like they're, you're asking a, a stranger to caress a girl, a little creepy there. Uh, yeah, way yeah. creepy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to, first they first they ask the kid, you know, what what do you think of this girl? And then you know, oh, she's pretty. Oh yeah, I'd like to be her boyfriend. You know, yada yada yada. <laughs> and and uh, in the outtake, they show that they actually ask the the boys also to kiss her, which is even creepier. Yeah. Just at, at being asked to kiss some random girl. But then the then they asked the, the major question, go ahead and hit her, slap her really as hard as you can. The the boys' reactions were interesting if if like I said, a little a little scripted looking. One of them was one of them was looking at the cameraman like, You're joking, right? Are you joking? You must be joking. The entire time. Um <laughs> one of them was offended and one of them just had this goofy look. And that was the one who 
he let the cat out of the bag about the fact that it's a scripted for me. Maybe. I, I don't know that, that I don't I don't know that I buy that it was scripted. But the one thing I the one thing I have to say about this video is if they had two of those boys and, and you'd ask the, the the other boy, well, what do you think of that boy? And the, the other one, you know, I mean, you wouldn't have gotten this in reaction. And they said, go ahead and slap that boy. Oh, OK, I'll slap that boy. <laughs> right. I and mean, those two, would have, those two would have been all over each other. So so instead of the message being we don't hit the message is we don't hit girls. Right. Because yeah, that's that basically all they were talking about is girls should not be hit. Girls are meant to be caressed and kissed. And she doesn't say anything throughout the entire uh, video. Uh, they're not, apparently, they're not meant to be respected, though. Uh, apparently not. I mean, it just you just don't hit them. Yeah, I mean, you could take the the world's biggest wife beater and, and bring him in front of a girl and say, hit her as hard as you can. He won't do it because – a, a person who hits women is not a person who is, you know, publicly in favor of hitting. He he doesn't. He's not a hitting woman advocate. He's he's somebody who does that in private. It's it's his secret. Right. Exactly. Do he doesn't advertise that. <laughs> like you like you take any other man out in public, hit, put a woman in front of him, and say, "Okay, hit her as hard as he can." He's going to do it. No, he's not going to do it. Well, the other thing is, is that what if he, what if these kids hadn't found this other person attractive? What, what if they, what if, what if they weren't attracted to this other person? What would they have done then? Hit him, yeah. <laughs> hit her. Oh yeah. Oh okay, but, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean it, does it matter if you think they're attractive or not? Apparently, that which is women the, don't you hit? That is apparently the message here. Yeah. It's, well, uh, it's well the, the the girl is attractive. Um, yeah, but I think that the what what they say when they're asked why they wouldn't hit her, they say things like. Um, it's because she's a girl and you're not supposed to hit girls. And one of them says, my my grandfather told me that you shouldn't hit girls, even with a flower. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, even if it makes me seem like a monster and say, uh, I don't really give a damn if you hit a girl with a flower. No, you're really. It's, I mean, it should be a wide a riding crop and it should be consensual. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, that, that's the other thing. I mean, you never hit a woman. Right. Well, Fifty well, Shades. What if the woman is a masochist? Right. Are, are you going to deny the masochist their pleasure? Really? If you're a true <laughs> sadist, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, I thought I, – I was appalled by this video. I can't believe so many people are gushing over it. I think the intention was it's, – well, It's emotional porn. okay, you know? It's a, it, Brian, it's emotional porn. That's why people yeah. are gushing over it because it gives you a it gives you a quick rush of feeling and people don't analyze that they just they just say what they feel. What did you but here's the thing is that these little boys going well cuz she's a girl because because I'm a man. Did that did that make you think I mean how did did that make you how did that make you feel? It, to me I I did not I did not for one second go, "Oh, isn't that sweet?" Well, no, me neither. I mean, what to me, the reason not to hit somebody isn't because that somebody is a girl. The reason not to hit somebody is because you shouldn't hit people in general. Right. There are certain cases where if you have their permission to for them for to hit them, then yeah, go ahead. I mean, but in general, you just shouldn't hit people. And it should be sexual say, when you do. I say that the reason they wouldn't say they would hit her is because the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> oh. 
So yeah, I was I was disturbed by the by this video. I thought yeah, this is entirely the wrong message. It 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 was a I I believe it was a scripted video, and I believe it was set to a certain point, and it was set to evoke a certain reaction. It could be. Either way, I think it's entirely the wrong message. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. That's the wrong message. Okay, we got one more here. Do we? Don't we? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, one more. I honestly didn't get to this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not much of an article. Basically, this is an article that uh, family uh, – if you have a family game night using board games, uh, you can help improve children's critical thinking skills. Um mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. I'm a boarding card game aficionado, so I like this, but you know, not much in the way of actual data in this about how, how it uh, encourages critical thinking skills. Though I will say there are certain, um, hidden role games that, uh, that you do and it encourages you to try to detect people's lies and whether, whether there's what they're saying, uh, matches their actions and stuff, which is, I think that's a good, uh, critical Builder, builder of critical thinking. I would say Builds. that family game night teaches children what to carry in their backpack that's helpful. Uh, make sure they always have 50 feet of rope and a 10-foot pole. <laughs> well, our family game night has taught us that we can't beat the virus. It always wins. Oh, pandemic, yes. <laughs> you got <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we have this sequel to pandemic, and in the sequel, you get to be the guy running around infecting Everybody, <laughs> and you can bet that every one of my kids wants to be that person. <laughs> I have not well, played that. One. We're talking about children. Every every child in the world has been that person. <laughs> it's true. They are little petri dishes, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. Come here, daddy. I'm, Give me a kiss. I'm visiting my I'm visiting my sister and my nephews right now, and they have so far managed to infect me twice. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing the pandemic live game. <laughs> exactly. You get a copy of our home game. <laughs> but you know, the bottom line is I, I do think that I do think that family game night is a nice thing because it brings the family together. You know, unless you know, unless it's Monopoly. Unless one of them is <laughs> a teenager. Um Lewis Lewis CK has got a routine about how he he doesn't play Monopoly with his daughters anymore because they're not emotionally prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, no, see, sweetheart, you don't have enough money to pay daddy everything you owe him. So <laughs> you're going to need to give me all your properties and all your houses, and then I'm going to use them to destroy your sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that one. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think that I think that family game night is a really it's a really nice thing and any any intellectual exercise you do is a is a benefit. You know, even you know, family Sudoku night. Have everybody sit down and do Sudoku puzzles. Sure. Yeah. Family- and I mean and learning new board games I think is very worthwhile. Don't just stick to the standards like Monopoly or Sorry. Go out and get something new. Um, I recently bought for my oldest nephew, he's four, I bought him a copy of uh, my first Carcassonne, and he really enjoyed playing that. He doesn't completely grasp it yet, but he's able to place the things down really easily and has a lot of fun playing it. And I think, you know, getting 
raising kids to love new and interesting board games and learn new rules and how to exploit them is very beneficial for their minds. No, I uh, my, true. my grandparents used to used to play when I went to visit them. They used to play aggravation with me. And uh, you've never heard of that game? <laughs> aggravation. Aggravation. I I I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of was was thinking that this was you know some sort of mental torture game that your grandparents made up. No, this was actually. Uh, I think it, if I remember it correctly, it was kind of similar to Chinese checkers in how it was played. You essentially mm. had to get around the board and put your put all your pieces in your area. Okay. But um, they used to play aggravation. My parents used to play Yahtzee. Um, we used to play Uno. That is a game that'll ruin a family gathering and a family. <laughs> Uno. <laughs> Uno. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yes. There are still branches of the family that won't talk to other branches of the family thanks to Uno. Really? <laughs> Over that game? You know, we, we play I may a lot be of Munchkin. A little bit. We, we like Munchkin. You know, we've got lots of different Munchkin games. We've got Zombie Munchkin, Vampire Munchkin. We've got uh, the regular Munchkin, Star Munchkin. There, um, I have this old friend uh, who um, I, I used to see a lot when I was a teenager and hadn't seen her in several years. Um, the, the, I remember there was one game of Uno we were playing, and at the end we had an argument. I said that I did say Uno, she said that I didn't, and we just kept on having it. And just <laughs> every time we saw each other, uh, we were we would you know break into that argument. But I did say Uno. No, you didn't. I, I, I'm really sure that I did. And now after all these years later, um, uh, I met up with her again, and uh, and I said, you know, I really did say Uno, and she's like. And she let me win it. So I finally won that argument. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she realized you did say Uno and you realized you didn't. It only took 30 years, but I won that argument. Exactly. <laughs> I, I am very happy about this victory. Anyway, bottom line is do stuff, do interactive stuff with your kids. Yeah, not just family porn night. Ah, <laughs> oh, family porn night is the best. <laughs> No, it's not because nobody has the same tastes. That's true. That that is problem funny, you know, some of us yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Let's got sure. got a got to cater to little Timmy's fetish and then <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Are we ready to wrap this up? I think so. I think we <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> Brian, you know, I'm going to say this before the end of the taping. I gave you that. I gave you that segue. You couldn't spot a cue if you were playing pool, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, much like you, I had to finish my joke. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music 
at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.